Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the Star Trek podcast. My name's Jake, and joining me today are... Chris. Ames. And K-K-K-K-Caitlin. It's K-K-K-Caitlin. Wow, no. Wrong podcast. Don't make this into a KKK thing. <laughs> anyway. I, I'm um, the only one who was, like, calm. I, I feel left out now. You fucked Get up, son. fucking hype. Yeah. Calm! Uh, So this is uh, this is episode three hundred twenty six, um, and this is familiar faces week on Seriously. Star Trek Enterprise as we will be covering two episodes of Enterprise Acquisition and Wasis Wasis Oasis. That's how you say word. No, wow, <laughs> that's how you say word. Come on, um, he couldn't didn't want to make a Wonderwall joke? Uh that fuck what the fuck is a Wonderwall? Nobody oh, knows. Fucking no. But yeah, so yeah, in both episodes we have a lot of lot of familiar faces, people we've seen before in Star Trek. And if you can tell under the makeup. People. Yeah, well I think so. I mean I think I think well our our acquisition stars, which we'll just get out of the way, were um we have Krem, who is sort of uh being played by our old friend. Jeff Combs, old Jeffy boy. We have um, a very familiar face in the Ferengi captain being played by Ethan Phillips, also known as Neelix. And then a very old familiar face is in, we have seen him in... TOS. TOS. All the way back. We saw him in in, uh, DS9, and now we're seeing him again here. Our old friend Clint Howard. Oh, that's so sweet. They didn't even have to put makeup on that guy. That's how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up prepared. Uh, and then um, and then we just have the and then also there some other Ferengi who must have felt very shitty while filming this episode with like yeah, as everybody's three, like old three people. friend. Oh yeah, so like good to like see you. Star Trek royalty and Bob. This guy. <laughs> Well, what I love, too, because the listeners can't see this, Ames gives us notes in the Zoom chat to read off of. <laughs> and for acquisition, literally, it's like, Krem, you know, played by Jeffrey Combs, Muck, Clint Howard, Ulis, Ethan Phillips, Grish, another Ferengi pirate. Well, it's I also like figured you were not going to call them by their actual names no, once we're just in the show. We're no, no, call, I know, so. but, but, like, it's like when Sam Rockwell comes out at the end of Galaxy Quest, and they're like, another crewmate! <laughs> Yes, that's that's what happened. See, that's the thing that that's what happens to the the actor that plays Mayweather at every Star Trek convention. Oh no, <laughs> uh, guys! I have got a situation. All right, we can pause. Dog out of the room. We can right pause back. while you dog. So anyway, heading into the synopsis of acquisition. So we open All the episode. Right. Uh, we are uh, on a Ferengi ship. Well, first we see the outside, and we see Enterprise is kind of listing in space. Looks a little adrift, and they're approached by a little ship. Tough little ship. <laughs> it turns out it's Not a Ferengi tough. ship. Very uh, fragile go, little ship. <laughs> and uh, in, in an interesting 
choice. The episode opens completely in the Ferengi language, which I don't think we've heard before. No, we haven't, and I have a note on that. But also, no, like, Jake, not not this. La- they developed the language for this episode. The one in okay. in Little, Little Green, Green Men, Men they they didn't. I I don't even think they they remember they did that. Yeah, I, I always assumed that that was just like gibberish that the humans were hearing. Mm. Well, then anyway, they should sorry, be hearing on. it here too, instead of poor me and Jake futzing over and over again, being like, okay, this has been going on for too long. Should there be subtitles? Do we just have subtitles turned off? Because that happens a lot on our Fire TV. And no, the answer was no. This is how it was well, yeah, intended sub- to subtitles be. Subtitles like that should be built in. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was very clear. Uh, I mean, it, it, they did it. It was in a, it was obviously in a foreign language, but but it was pretty clear what they were saying uh, through most of it. Uh, and what we pick up is that the Ferengi have somehow incapacitated the crew of the Enterprise, and they're boarding it, and they're going to pillage it of all of its technology and women. Gross. Yep. They're going about their work. And Trip has been jerking it in the jerk, <laughs> in the de- the uh, tanning bed the, the the tanning bed slash porno booth slash um, decom chamber. And uh, when he can't get a hold of anybody to let him out, he he just breaks out and realizes, oh shit, the entire crew except for me is incapacitated. Something's fucked up. The Ferengi eventually wake Archer up. And try to get him to tell them where he, where the gold is, where the vault is. And at first, Archer's like, "There's no fucking gold, fucking morons." And they they press the issue. So eventually, he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that gold. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'll help you find the gold, but you gotta you gotta make a deal. We gotta make a deal. You gotta give me you gotta give me a cut, or else I'll never tell you where the gold is." So then, you know, the episode basically just continues on for a while as trip sort of tries to get things under control he wakes to paul up and she tries to help and and the, it's just a comedy of errors and the orangi doing goofy shit archer doing goofy shit some of the better archer acting i think we've seen interestingly enough but that's beside the point to paul does a faux seduction oh god yeah, thanks. Damn thank you it. three weeks On three combs. episodes in a row of disgusting bullshit uh, do you know umox oh is him they i know had... lots of pleasure methods they had to bring up fucking umox they did she it's required him into it... a yeah and I'm, I'm not gonna belabor it anymore uh not a ton happens in the episode it's just it's basically just a goofy romp uh you know we get some of our favorite actors kind of chewing the scenery which is which is nice uh in the end they end up uh to paul manages to incapacitate one of them with a neck pinch and just straight up shoots the rest yeah and then and then yeah and then to paul and and trip lure the other ones to uh trap where to paul then shoots them it took them way too fucking long to neck pinch any of them. Like every single scene, I'm like, and then she neck pinches all. Nope. Okay. We're still. Also, we're like just she never going. even. She didn't even have to touch a lobe. She could have just gone straight for the neck pinch. Yep. Yes. Oh, you want me to touch it? You're done. Anyway, so yeah, that's it. And for some reason, at the end, you know, they let the Ferengi go. Why? 
without even yeah. learning who they are, without yeah, specifically because they, it would break canon and fuck yeah, god damn it. Because we're not supposed to know the Ferengi by the time we get to Picard. So. That's that's the thing that enrages me the most about this episode because they needed they, they for some reason really wanted a Ferengi episode. No clue why. Didn't need it. Shouldn't have had it in Enterprise. That's for fucking sure. Because they're not supposed to know who the Ferengi are until Picard's encounter in the battle. And yet, we are doing so much encountering the Ferengi. Like, I knew going into this episode that eventually, like, oh yeah, in Enterprise we see the Ferengi, but we never learn who they are. So I thought there would be, like, an enigmatic presence, or maybe only one person interacts with them and doesn't get their name. But no, like, by the end, everyone else has woken up. We're having them empty their shuttle back into the Enterprise. Everyone is talking to these guys. And yet, evidently, we never took down what their species is. I... Maybe maybe we did, and they just gave a, a fake answer or something. That's mm. If they did that, I would allow it. If they said, oh, we're uh, b- b- Orions. <laughs> what did you say, Caitlin? I said Bolians. What did you oh, say? I said Orions. Oh, nice. But yeah, yeah lo- it, it just doesn't make a... T- like, this is bad prequel. You know? Bad like, prequel. Look, I, I'm... A big fan of the Ferengi. Oh, we know. Like, but I'm also just like, guys, this doesn't actually make sense. No. Like, it's dumb to have them show up, but somehow no one knows who they are. Brandon Braga the idea, has a though, great quote. Listen to this quote first. Braga says, There's no excuse for the Ferengi. No excuse. That was an act of desperation. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh, I do love the idea, though, Ames, of trying to make the Ferengi an enigmatic presence. Like, I don't know how that would work, but it tickles me to no end. Like, if they never have their view screen on, but you just hear them constantly bickering over over the sound or something. Like, Oh, in that way. I think, like, you know, somehow spooky and plotting. And it's like, they don't, they don't, I mean, they plot, but not in that way. Now, having said yeah, they're that. They're not Romulans. Yeah, it's stupid, but they're here. Damn. Could have done without the Umox, because oh, I always... always. Yeah, it can always do without the yeah, Although I enjoy the Ferengi, I fucking hate Umox. Well, and it's just, like, the fact that they keep hammering home those jokes, I think that's... The problem is, is that it always feels really, really gross sexually. And yeah. I think, like, when this came out, you know, 22 years ago, you know, I think certainly the young men who were watching the show probably wouldn't have given it a second thought, because I don't think that was really part of the zeitgeist yet but like you know 22 years ago we might have gone oh gross ha 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 oh and it's T'Pol again yet again we're doing something gross with T'Pol at least he that's her job she is the sexy lamp at least he kind of sort of got some minor deeply minor comeuppance by getting neck pinched yeah, but on the other so hand, minor. then he takes over the ship and, like, is in charge. Oh, he immediately pilots it into a sun by accident. Here's no hoping. way. There's Here's some- my other I- question. Yes. I remember back in Deep Space Nine in some episode, I'm gonna say the Maquis, but I don't remember if that's right. Quark going on and on and on about how, oh, humans, they're nothing but racist to Ferengi, when Ferengi, you know, we've at least never enslaved people. And yet here they are saying they're going to sell all the women on the slave market. Ah, they didn't enslave them. Oh, they never just said he didn't them sell them to slavers. Slaves. Yeah, and I think the Don't other like the other thing is that like this is this is you know like many 
things it seems like with the ferengi this is an independent enterprise yeah like like you can't have the uh, government of ferenginar never formally had slavery yeah but for but like pieces of shit like like this guy ulis you know who knows I also, you know, so speaking of some of the gross stuff in here, I was I was asking myself or wondering, like, are there any Self. women on the on the Enterprise writing staff? And then I happened to look up this episode and see that, oh, this is one of the few episodes that's co-written by a woman, which, yeah. is, which is interesting. Yeah, it's a, uh, I think it's Marie, I mean, I don't know the pronunciation, I'm going to say Jaquetaman, who went on to write Mad Men with her husband. Okay. And also, the two of them, her and her husband, they were the ones that developed this Ferengi language because they'd never bothered to, like, have a Ferengi language consultant before or something. Makes Question sense, anyway, would you? So what they did, and this, I think, is kind of stupid, they translated the English lines, because they knew in their heads what they were saying in English, into French, and then broke it down into syllables. So I'm curious, because I don't know French, if you can under... if. Any of this sounds in at all like language when the Ferengi talk in the first scene. Well, there was one word when when one of them was like pointing at something going, Mira, 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 which to me sounds like Mira, which yeah. is, you know, I know from Spanish and other romance languages means look. Look, look at the thing. Look, like, look at the thing. Huh. So I wonder if like that, that one was conspicuous to me because I'm like, oh, he's clearly telling his friend to look at something and he's shouting Mira. Hmm. Um, it's like how uh, the 1980s The Thing is fucked up if you know Norwegian or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because you know what the guys are trying to they're warn them about. They're yelling the dog or something, right? Yeah, they're like, it's a thing or something, apparently. <laughs> the Thing. Yes. <laughs> the genuine article, movie. you might say. <laughs> It's a th- it's the thing, you know, from the movie that we're filming. <laughs> I'm also sure, though, there is a non-zero chance that out there somewhere there's a comic or a novel or some other thing that doesn't count, luckily, that has established that Krem is a uh, an ancestor of Brunt, because God forbid <laughs> that not be the case. I was actually kind of wondering if they reused any or all of Brunt's prosthetics, because he didn't look exactly like Brunt. Obviously, but if they already had stuff made for Jeffrey Combs, like I feel like he looked pretty different. Like yeah, they may have reused. The I thought teeth, that too. But... I thought the I thought the same because I thought like, he was very distinct. I mean, the acting was the acting was him being Rom a little bit. So I'm Kinda. I'd be more curious if his character is an ancestor of Rom. True, um, but he was very the dopey Ferengi doing dopey things being led <laughs> around by the collar. It's kind of funny though because really they all are like especially when they're fucking going through the door into the quote unquote vault. Oh that's that, so dumb. That is straight up three stooges. That I was Burns hoping that was an to... airlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Same kind of. It was part of their uh, protein resequencer. <laughs> and they'd be like They'd have to jump over a railing, you know, fucking Paris, Tom Paris appears from nowhere and tells them to, you know, <laughs> hold on for dear life and act like they're getting blown around. Now, Director Paris on the case. <laughs> having said all this. Chris loves this episode. I wouldn't say I so love much. it, but, but I didn't up until it. this point, <laughs> we haven't had a lot of highlights and this is certainly a highlight. I mean, 
it's watchable, but it's also, I found it so fucking predictable and also oh, yeah. so well-tread. Like, this was basically Starship Mine, but silly. This was the silly John McClane episode. Well, it's like Starship Mine and Rascals had a weird baby. Yes, because there's Ferengi in that one, too. God damn it. But, um, you know. Yeah. yeah, you're right. God damn it. And I'm not sure if I love or hate that Ethan Phillips had a fucking energy whip. Oh, I, I loved, loved it. it. Oh, I loved it. I loved that the energy was, I, whip. I thought it was great. Like, it's a fun little nod. Like, when he just was holding it at first, like, oh, that's a cute little nod. But then he actually used it, and I was like, oh, God, but that just reminds us all of their horrible first appearance. No, mm. I celebrated no. seeing the whip again. Yeah, I mean, but see, see, that's the thing. Like, that was, that, that's like a, um... That's like a lower decks joke, you know. Like if mm. if they had Ferengi in lower decks, they would have whips. They have they 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 have that in the one of the Ferengi episodes. I know because it's something it's something that to wink to fans to be yeah. like, oh, remember this. But it's one of their better winks to fans that isn't. Yeah. Look, look, we're going to use our our electric whips now. Prepare for us to use the electric whips. Let's tell you everything about the electric whips for the next five minutes and not actually have a joke. We're just going to show you electric whips. Lower deck I also, style. I also would love to know how many times people tripped on or caused Ethan Phillips to trip. Because there's one shot where you can see that his coat is far too long for him and <laughs> drags a good like foot and a half behind him. Mm. And especially in that, like, it's the scene where they're all kind of bunched together because they're going to the vault with Archer, or the vault. And, like, there is a point where, like, Clint Howard or someone nearly steps on it, and I was like, oh, that happened constantly. Yeah, I, so, I don't think this is a fantastic episode. I think this episode is, it's pretty well written from just, like, the dialogue and the interactions. Mm. I think, but I think mostly this this episode is saved by the performances of both the Ferengi cast and the three Enterprise cast that that are featured. I thought they all did really well. Um, yeah, they were clearly having fun. Yeah. I did wonder how much it annoyed Ames, especially, that Archer had the Ferengi figured out after about five minutes of talking to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a whole report on Klingons and he still didn't get it. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. See, I, my thought, my thought, every single scene was, here's an opportunity to take them, to take them down. Nope, you're not, you're not gonna, we're gonna nope. stretch this out for the full episode. Yep. Okay, God damn it. Oh, here's another opportunity. No, no, you're just, you're just gonna talk to him again. You're gonna foment the distrust like we do, which, which we do in all these uh, separated from their comrades scenes do. There's, yeah, I mean, eh. there, there were multiple points in the episode where Archer could have very easily incapacitated Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Like, even the scene, so there's a scene where where they're in the shuttle bay, or so, I can't remember where they are, they're somewhere, and Archer sees Trip and realizes, oh, Trip's up and free. So then, like, he creates this ruse to get Jeffrey Combs to go get him a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Which was which was funny, but then it's not, you know. Hey, trip, hide, and then when Jeffrey Combs comes back, stab hit him. him over the, you know, bonk bonk on the head. <laughs> um, it's oh, go go, figure out the figure out a solution, and it's like, well, see, that's actually one of the things that really distracted me this episode was he said, "I've got a plan, but you'll need help." Except they never get back together, 
So there was Archer no plan. Wasn't, no, there wasn't actually a plan. Archer couldn't tell him the plan. And also, there's a lot of like, well, that was convenient moments, like uh, T'Pol being able to snag those tricorders mm. to like, like you said, foment distrust. It was like, what if they didn't just have shit lying around? What, what, what was the next step, T'Pol? Yeah, I was confused why she did that, because she wasn't around for any of the building distrust moments. It's just logical to build distrust? I, is yeah, it, no, though? it doesn't no, it's make lo- a lot it's, of sense. Well, it's logical I mean, to net-pinch those fuckers. God fucking damn it, Paul. Moron. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, television often relies on, well, that was convenient, but when it's that obvious, you're kind of like, hmm. Too convenient. Yeah. You know, another thing that, again, it's the, it's, what's the, the idiot ball? That's like a, yeah. like a... Term, yeah. Like, yeah. How would term. how would you define the idiot ball? It's I don't I don't I I've heard the term I don't maybe Chris has a better definition but but mine is like when characters don't do the obvious thing that a normal person would do and they just do things that are plot related plot related like to to advance the plot that the writers want to do basically yeah people refer to it as someone is holding the idiot ball this episode or this scene or this week mm-hmm. which yeah, okay, you basically yeah. are doing something stupid because otherwise the plot's not gonna work yeah otherwise yeah. this episode will be five minutes long and we yeah. can't yeah. have that and like it's very clear that in this in this episode archer to paul and trip are all holding the idiot ball yeah <laughs> like i would have i would have preferred a starship mine with maybe competent pirates, not Ferengi, because then we're, we don't run up against this whole, oh, we can't name the Ferengi, but the audience has to know who they are and no one else can because it'll break canon. And then to see them do some of the aforementioned diehard shit. And that could have been exciting. I don't care if we saw it already. That's a, it's a good, solid concept. Yeah. Is- is it possible that they literally used the Ferengi because they already had shitloads of prosthetics? No, I think it was all fan that- wankery. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. certain it was so the audience would recognize because, you know, Enterprise isn't really terribly popular and will never be. To say like, oh, look, guys, a thing you remember. Look, with actors you like. What does it take? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch it. Better writing? Names is getting sassy. I like it. Yeah, it's something, you know, like, they make it a point to be like, I've checked every weapons locker on the ship, and I cannot find a weapon. And it's like, Trip, you're a fucking engineer. MacGyver some shit. Yes, please! Not even that, but just like, like, at the very least, you know that there is one with a gun who is isolated. One of the many times he's talking to Archer, just sneak up behind him with a fucking pipe! That's a yeah, weapon! He can't find a weapon! His- when he's stuffing his face with a goddamn sandwich, hit him yeah. with something, you know? Just well, like, I remember up. we saw in one of the Voyager episodes, Jonas came up, coming up behind Neelix, and we think, oh, is that a tiny, tiny phaser? No, it's an engineering tool that you can yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. that had like a, t- like a tiny little blowtorch yeah, or some plas- shit. Plasma welder or yeah. something, Yeah, you know? anything yeah, can be a weapon. Yeah, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Including so- a lot of Neelix's food. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Cap'n. I couldn't find an, the exact phaser that I like, so I can't help you. <laughs> I also, Cap'n. like, why why when, why when did he break into some random crewman's room to steal his uniform instead of just going to his room? Yeah, maybe there's too many T- Ferengi the on essence. the way. There's three of them in a clump in one with Archer. Yeah. Yeah, again, though, like, I'm not defending this episode in that it was like, really well constructed not at all but (laughs) but 
I enjoyed it because again, oh, yeah, it's I, think fun. That, I think that the the performances elevate it. If you can kind of ignore the idiot ball issue, yeah, oh, it's, it's so hard. It's too hard it, for me to enjoy the idiot for to uh, ignore the idiot ball issue. But yeah, it's not as bad as some of the more enraging episodes. So it yeah. has well, it no has profit that. And lace. It's, well, it's, it's no fun. dear doctor either. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's, of Enterprise. Yeah, I thought yeah. you meant Good Trek. It's no. Fun. I was just thinking of Enterprise. <laughs> it's fun, but does not hold up to like scrutiny. It just wants you to shut your brain off and giggle. Yeah. It, and I in think that regard, yeah, yeah. But it's not like a. Here's the thing. It's not a good episode. But it's still going to make Chris's top three list. I mean, it's honestly, probably going to make all of our top. It's three a very lists. low can... bar to clear. The bar is so low. There, yeah, like, there's been to... one episode that's been any good so far. Like, yeah, well, and you're you're also the toughest, I think, to crack. But yeah, I mean, it's I'm the easiest nut to crack, and I don't really think there's been a lot of great stuff happening here. So, <laughs> like, if this does make my list, I'm going to be kind of sad about it. Like, this shouldn't be. Because, again, take it out of Enterprise and put it up against good Ferengi episodes from DS9, and it's not on the list of put good it up episodes. Against other, put it up against bad Ferengi episodes from Deep Space Nine, and you're still like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of in the same... It's kind of a similar tone to and thematically similar in, in ways to The Magnificent Ferengi. But that's a good uh, episode. <laughs> It's a better episode. I wouldn't. I don't know how far I'd go. There, it's but. structured better. Yeah, and we get to watch yeah. what's his nuts walk into a wall. Oh, poor yeah, Kivan. But yeah, you know, a group, a group of Ferengi doing silly things in a group, the perfect you know? mate. <laughs> and Jeffrey Combs is there. So yeah. Oh, you know what else I didn't need was when they when they finally tell the one of the Ferengis, "Oh yeah, we're humans." Humans, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. All right, that's where this came from. Didn't need that origin story. Manshara class. Hey. Well, it does make sense, though. Like, at least for human beings, they say that our ability to, like, form new syllables, like, pretty much dries up and goes away by the time we're five years old or something. So if Hugh and Min are not part of their language, it could be a similar thing, you know? Yeah, but then... The rest of the time they're speaking perfect English. I know, yeah. I know. I was just trying to I was just trying to give a the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Like, yeah, I could yeah, exactly. There's certain and there's certain plenty of examples of, on Earth of like weird um like words getting mangled in, in different accents or dialects. <laughs> See the whole world looking at us. Mm. Uh nuclear vessels. <laughs> Also, I was very concerned for Porthos when they put him in that box, because he would suffocate in that box. Yeah, that wasn't nice. He's a space dog, he'll be fine. Oh, a it space was Schrodinger's dog. Porthos. I, I, it was, I, I liked it, even though it was kind of a dumb joke, but I like that one of the Ferengi was like, I don't know, look at his ears, maybe he's a higher life form. <laughs> Just because <laughs> they were huge ears, it's like, dumb bastard. Cute dog. Yeah. What did you guys think when we briefly got to see that they were wearing very colorful socks? It seemed, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, that that tracks. Yeah, it's on, I don't it's know. On brand. I grow. Yeah. Well, but wait a minute, though. Is is that kind of like making all of the people from Han Solo's home planet, you know, roguish, like um, smuggling types? 
because they're because they're, they're all snappy dressers or they're they're all garish garishly uh, draped. That's well, I just thing, always feel like like between like if you look at Quark and then you look at Rom. Now, granted, Rom doesn't have as much money probably as Quark by a long shot. So, and maybe it isn't his uh, you know priority to dress nicely, but I feel like Brunt and Quark dress beautifully, and everybody else maybe doesn't as much. So well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It would probably be something you do if you can to show off the fact that you can. Are we still talking about socks? We're just talking about clothes, clothes in general. Oh, okay. in general. So really, well, I'm just, makes, I was just... That makes sense. Most people can afford a nice pair of socks. Those weren't a nice pair of socks. Those were socks you could buy at Target, and that's what I was very distracted by. Yeah. It's oh. like, these are very oh. generic Target socks. But I don't know if it's so much about the niceness of the clothes, like the quality of the clothes, but the... The... Garishness? The self-expression element of They look like they were for children. I gotta ask, though, and this is a... children, maybe not. Ferenginar is a pretty gnarly, gross, gray place. Maybe they do like to... Maybe that's the only color they have in their life, is is wearing fancy, colorful socks. Also, (laughs) we've yet to see Ferengi children. There is a non-zero chance they are tadpoles until they're, like, 18. I hate it. Huh. I allow it. Because even... Even no, Nog. how old was Rom when we met, or Nog when we met him? He was teenage. a teenager. So, okay. Yeah, that, I mean, but they're they definitely could be, mammals. But he wasn't 18. Okay. He was they're... in, like, high school. Yeah, I don't know. I, Alex, I, Alexander is two, and he's 12 feet tall. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. there's a non-zero chance for Renki have a tadpole phase. Because they seem very frog-like. We've never seen a pregnant Ferengi. It's just amazing to imagine... Like a tadpole, but with Ferengi, big fucking Ferengi <laughs> ears on the side. I want someone to draw that. Wow, neat. Also, we've never um, seen a pregnant Ferengi because that would be, the woman would be would be naked and they can't show that on TV. Mm, true. Uh, well, so, like, well, let's see. So, we don't really know when Rom's first wife left. Yeah. I had always assumed it was like, here's your kid, bye, yeah, because they did mention there was a marriage contract. Yeah, so. it was like a contract that he just wants to, and you know, as soon as the kid, as soon as the contract was fulfilled, she she pieced. Yeah, no. So I did have another question though related to that. Like, obviously now it's very very easy to get like whimsical socks everywhere. It's like a whole thing. Was it as easy twenty years ago? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I feel like just or even a teenager at this point, like I don't know, you could get white socks or black socks. Or overpriced silk socks. Uh, these socks were clearly from the children's department, so yes. Uh, I mean, they just, but that's because they had to to fit on um, on Clint Howard's feet. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: they were actually from his uh, Baylock costume. Mm. He just kept them on. <laughs> Still fit. <laughs> you know, you know. I remember socks when I was a kid. White socks often had a red. And or blue and or yellow stripe. Yes, at the top. At the top. You don't Sometimes see that all three. so much anymore. Yeah. No, no. I think it was a holdover from like I don't know. We're talking about how you socks. could tell the size or what? No, oh, no, no, it was just no, a no. thing. It was, just, it was just just a style thing. Huh. Yeah. White socks with a, with stripes at the top. Yeah, just I had a, a bunch. Me too. Wasn't that like an Adidas thing? I don't know. Or an Asics thing? I feel like there was a certain brand of sports sock that had that going on. It's possible. I don't know. I had but, them as a kid, so... And I, we, I certainly wasn't... I think they were just, like, probably Fruit of the Loom or something. 
Yeah. But do we have anything else on this or should we move on to to Oasis? Yeah. I have I have one more pl- more prop I need to yell at. Mm. And Good that's names. when the Ferengi are bopping around. I think they were in Med Bay. Mm-hmm. And Trip is watching them from the camera. One of the things they do is they go to the trash can. And it's just a very oh, obvious yeah. trash can with the foot-activated lid. Like you can buy at any fucking Target. <laughs> you're just, target upset, you're just upset that the, that the set dressers used an off-the-shelf trash it, can? I was, I was upset that it was something that was incredibly recognizable that I've owned myself. <laughs> but they, but that's a thing that they're, that they're doing, I've noticed, on Enterprise. Is they're peppering in... I don't think this are... was peppered. I think this was all they could find. Well, no, because they, they could certainly have made a space age looking trash can if they wanted. But I think they deliberately are making things. Are you sure they had the budget for that, Jake? I'm sure they had the budget. They have the money. Here's the thing. If they had, it would have looked like a fucking Discman. So I'm glad they didn't. I mean, <laughs> it's why the t- it's why like the TV screens are just regular computer monitors, which... At the time, flat screen monitors like that would have been seen as like very fancy. Yeah, futuristic. They, they were fucking but expensive. But I remember, yeah, I remember I, I, I had my first job in tech in 2004. Two, yeah, 2004. How kind of socks did you have? I don't remember. All from uh, the Target Children's Department. And, the, and like every desk had a flat screen monitor on it. And, and like that, I was like, oh my God. I've made shit. it. <laughs> But I'm also with flat screen monitors. This is like this is like the set of Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> but also, I feel like there are times where, like, really, at the end of the day, how futuristic can a trash can get? And like, sometimes, you know, it should be just, a tube on the wall that it vanishes into. Maybe, but like, you know, there are moments where you're just overegging the pudding, and you wind up with, well, we want it to be futuristic, so here's a green plastic symbol. Yeah, yeah, hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, because if they had made a, like, that's the thing. I think you're right, Chris. I think the trash can is an item that has basically been perfected. Yeah. And, like, anything new that they're doing to the trash can isn't really improving it. Nope. Like, my, parent, my parents have a trash can that has a motion-activated lid. Yep, seen like, Okay, that's, that's an okay little feature. But if the battery runs out or the lid breaks, we're back to just a plain old trash can. Yeah, I like my wall tube idea oh. because the one thing about trash cans that does suck is how much space they take up. Yeah, which I can mm. imagine in Med Bay being a pain in the ass when you're trying to do something and constantly tripping over a trash can. But you know True. what that means, though. There's literally at least one crew member on the ship mm. who walks around with a with a janitorial cart and <laughs> empties those things and has to lift the cart up over all of those thresholds that the Ferengi had the little ramps for. Where did that they get was, the ramps? Did they have they, them? Yeah, they're just ready for that. Oh, smart. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, those were something that was also just, like, the Enterprise should probably have a bunch of those for when they need to drag shit over those thresholds, because mm. those are not easy. No. Maybe, maybe I, they I have hover carts. I don't want to backtrack here, but Do it. Jake, would you say that escalators becoming stairs makes them less uh, useful as an escalator because having one of those trash can lids that opens and closes with a wave is pretty sweet if you've got chicken on your hands and you just don't want to oh, get yeah, it all no, over no, the I'm place. Not, I'm, yeah, I think, I think that's great, but I guess what I, my point is there's not 
that much you can do like to make a futuristic trash can other than like other than like making it a like I know in by the time we get to TNG and we have replicators it sounds like people pretty much just put their trash in the replicator and, and it like yeah. evaporates or something it, it sucks it away yeah but in, in enterprise time you know you still need unless you have like a network of tubes I want a network lock. of tubes yes I also wanted that pecan pie I was glad to see more pecan pie on this show mm. Of course, that guy ruined it by chucking it in the bag. So that's still good. I'll eat that just pie. Just smeared everywhere. Mm. All over his whatever that was, he got out of med bay from that little freezer. I assume I that like was some sort they, of gross um, thing. I like that they had to put Hoshi on the call sheet. Oh, just, oh god, just the poor to fucking thing. be passed out in the and like to tease too. Like Trip is going to revive her, and he's like, "Oh, out of juice. Chip, Guess you don't that, get a line this week." And he jabbed her in the neck like three times before he realized. Like Trip, come on, <laughs> I didn't like engineer. Vampire marks. Seriously. And do we even think that they even called Anthony Mon- Montgomery to be Mayweather today, or did they just have like a body pillow? I think it was. A, I think it was a body double. If, <laughs> any, we, if it was, if if because they saw well, they lifted. His Someone chair. who from the back could have been, yeah, could have been and him, was in the pilot chair. Yeah, but you didn't see his face, so I'm guessing it was either his, it's probably just his stand-in, because you wouldn't call the actor in just to be a corpse. Reed had to show up to be a corpse for like 30 seconds, because you see his face very briefly on a camera hmm. when Tripp's looking at the bridge or to Paul. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It was fun, but yeah, doesn't hold up to much much scrutiny. Yeah, it's it's not a great episode. I really, you know, I enjoyed the performances. It's mostly just yeah, watching people be ridiculous, and your yeah. tolerance for that will determine how much you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Thumbs down. Ames, Ames, that should be our. That should just be our podcast. Ames makes fart sounds. <laughs> that would be a great podcast. Yes, but ep- o- episodes I don't like, and ones you do like, they'll just be more upbeat farts. Oh, happy farts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should see if our next episode gets a happy fart from Ames. What's it called, Jake? <laughs> then our next episode, Oasis. Oasis. Uh, yeah, we also we get some new, more familiar faces here. So we're uh, we open the episode. We're we're hosting a guest, television's Tom Bergeron from America's Hollywood Funniest home, home Videos. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood did Squares. He do Hollywood Squares too. He did. I, he I did. Know. Yeah, and he's from like Andover or something. He's from somewhere in Massachusetts. Famous. I, I didn't. I don't he's think he's really boy. an actor. I think he's mostly a, a host, a TV, like a game show. But host. You have to get there somehow, right? Like I'm thinking of like let's look at the other Family Feud. Actually, I have no idea where Ray Combs came from, but like you know, Richard Dawson was an actor. Louis Anderson was an actor. John Hurley was an actor. Steve Harvey is, or was, actually, he was kind of like a famous comedy MC slash... Yeah, he was a comedian. Comedian, yeah. yeah. So um, I feel like you gotta start somewhere. I don't yeah, think Yeah, well, I, don't th- I also don't think this was, I don't think this was Tom Bergeron's start either. Oh, was, no, 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 definitely not. Like, he was, I, I think he was already doing stuff, but... But some people, yeah, like... He was, probably, he was probably, like, my guess is, like, he was a Star Trek fan and was like, ooh, I want to be at Star Trek. Which network was this on? UPN. UPN. Were they the ones who were doing Hollywood Squares? Like, it would be nah. interesting if it was another, like, random, like, you know, let's get the rock on here kind of thing, where it was like, who else, what other talent do we have? But it mm. could just be that he was a Star Trek fan. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, he's there, Episode. and he's playing, he's playing some kind of guy, like a trader guy. They're trying to buy shit off of him, make deals. And then he's like, well... 
I could tell you the location of this crashed ship that's got all kinds of great shit on it, but it's also haunted. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, all right. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. It's full of dilithium and ghosts. So they, they buy the location of this, this ship from, uh, from Damar, uh, Tom Bergeron's character. <laughs> yes. So another Damar. And they go, they find this ship and they bring uh, Mayweather on the away team. Holy he shit. Gets, he's there for like the first five or 10 minutes of the episode. And, and then you never see him again. Like, like three or three or four lines at least. It's He's doing great. But they, they go down to this thing, uh, down to the ship. And as we're, we're wandering around, is it Trip? Is Trip, is Trip the one that sees, sees the girl first? I, I can't remember. Um, T'Pol T- sees a shape first. Yeah, but they go so they go into like this. They're in the ship and they go into this room that has like oh yeah, in the a plant garden room. in it. Yeah, and they're like, "Huh, this didn't show up on the scans." Cass's oh, room. Oh, there's a <laughs> there's a dampening field, and then we see a girl. I think is it Trip? I can't remember. Somebody. I, comes, I'm pretty sure it's Trip. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah. So we come across this this girl who is the same actress that plays the Borg Queen in Picard. Oh, oh rest wait. in peace. Yeah, who died died recently? Oh God, that's right. Oh yeah, but, she was uh, so but, good. She was great. Wait, she sorry, who? The, uh, Liana. Liana, the girl, the, the pretty girl in the episode. Trip, she's Trip's, Trip's no girlfriend. No shit, I didn't she's, know that. She's the actress that, that died recently who played the board queen. I had no idea that was the same woman. Wow. Yeah. So we, we follow her and, and we find that there's a whole bunch of people on this supposedly abandoned ship, including Constable Odo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was so great, guys. Yeah, so, so we good. see we see our favorite uh, Rene Arbajanois. I don't. I guess he's the only Rene Arbajanois, but he's also my favorite one. He's also my least favorite one. So weird. Take that way you will. Anyway, yeah, Rene Arbajanois is here. He is playing uh, character Ezral, according to my notes here, who's the chief engineer of the ship. And they're like, yeah, yeah, our ship crashed down here a couple of years ago, but we've been making the best of it, and uh, we could use your help uh, fixing her up. So Trip's like, yeah, I'll help you fix. I'll I'll clean your pipes. I'll clean your thing. I'll polish your knob. I'll kiss this lady. Thing. Yeah, oh yeah, and he's got a, he's big, he's hard crushing on uh, Liana here. So that's what we do. But back on Enterprise, they're kind of looking at this crash ship, and they're like, you know, this story that they made that they said that they only crashed a couple of years ago it doesn't really check out because. Reads like there's they said they were in a battle, but it doesn't there's no scorch marks, there's no evidence of a battle, and I know battle. And then they're like, huh. Looking at the Hubitawat, it looks like they've actually been there for like twenty something years. That doesn't add up with what they've said. Ba-da. Oh look, there's a there's an escape pod in orbit. And oh my god, there's a rotting corpse on it who's one of the people that we've been hanging out with down on the surface. So they're like, okay, something's fucked up. So they go back and they're trying to ask questions and they're like, you're asking too many questions. So they eventually take to Paul and Trip kind of prisoner and force them to fix the ship. And then Archer and Reed stage this rescue that doesn't quite go to plan, but What a shock. As they're having this firefight with um with the other people, they start disappearing. <gasps> Whoa! And it turns out they're all holograms. And holograms. And the reason they were, they were disappearing was because Liana was, you know, Trip kind of manipulated her and convinced her to, to, to deactivate the holograms. 
And then we find out that really everybody that we've met other than Odo and Liana are all holograms. And they're the only two survivors of this crash. And the story is that Odo was the chief engineer and he left his post during an emergency to go save the, his daughter. And because he left his post, the whole the ship ended up crashing and everybody except them died. So he's been living with this guilt for 20 years while raising his daughter. And of course, you know, being being a being a single dad ain't easy. It's even less easy when you're the lone survivors in a marooned ship. So he created all these holograms to help out, you know, farm and things, just you know, normal hologram stuff. You know, he recreated his wife to be Liana's mom. Yeah, and it it all worked out great. And then they, you know, uh, Archer basically convinces him to like, hey, why don't you just leave? Because this is no place to raise a family. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise, to raise a kid. Your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell. What is that from? And there's no one there to raise them if you did. That's 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 Rocket, Rocket Man. By Elton John. Oh, sure. I never well, actually listened to the famously lyrics. Famously covered by William Shatner. <laughs> so, some would argue uh, the better version. Mm. Stupid anyway, people. Anyway, uh, so so yeah. Finally, Odo is like, yeah, you you know <laughs> what, you know what, John Archer, you're right. I am going to leave, but uh, I don't need your help because I'll just create a whole bunch of new engineers to. That all look like ship. Trip because my girl seems to like him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's basically where we leave it. I don't know. I think a ship of trips would be pretty good. Yeah, but trip imagine ship. trip ship. Here's the thing. But from the perspective of like the dad knowing she kind of wants to bone him, are you really going to make dozens of trips? He's a hologram. What's the problem? Yeah, he can still holo work. We know that from Voyager. He 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 can't knock her up. It's the perfect world. That's what we thought about touching a bowl of of Damn marbles. It. Okay, how, how many times did T'Pol rub that in Trip's face today? So I love kind of that they kept bringing up that mission. They did. And you think it's like a weird, like oh wow, okay, continuity and all that. But really, it's a subtle hint about what's going on. Yeah, because they that species had really good hollow technology. Oh yeah, you're right. Like I worked on one of these on a who's it ship. Okay, I uh, I I I don't know who wrote this episode, but I got to give them mad props because you know I've I've seen this episode before and I I knew the I mean I think the twist was pretty well telegraphed anyway, but but I knew the twist. And then there's a scene where can't remember the context, but but Trip says. Come on, you gotta you gotta leave here. You know, she, how, she, you know, you 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 gotta leave here. You're not gonna make any new friends that way. And then, and Odo says, "I've made all the friends I need." Net. And I literally made. That's him. a great line. That was that's a great line. But that's you know obviously a lie because Odo needs Quark. Um. Yeah, that was the other thing of this episode. Like the other, the other massive hint for this episode is that we've got Rene Auberginois here, and where he's basically, and he's in a world full of holograms who are just people who learn to live as holograms. It, it's just shadow play again. And Rene yep. Auberginois, like they've asked him, like, "Oh yeah, what was that like?" And he's like, "Well, I can't do a good Odo voice. Maybe Jay can repeat this for me." <laughs> there it is. Uh, you know, there's only so many ideas out there, so you're bound to run into one again. And you know, it's a good one, so it's fine. I'll just do shadow play again. <laughs> That's the thing. It was like it's one thing to kind of have this story again, but to actually literally have one of the same actors in it. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, come on. I love Randy Auberjon Law, but you couldn't have had a different episode for him to be in. I kind of wondered a couple of times because, you know, they said early on, oh, we hadn't didn't see any life signs. And it turns out there was this deflector thing. And then later, it never comes up again when they say, oh, these people are mostly holograms, but two of them aren't. So did they never check? Once they I, saw the people, they're like, oh, we trust our eyes, our stupid lying eyes. That seems to be the case, yeah. Morons. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there was any nefariousness. But they always have a thing out telling you what's around you. You'd think it would be like, hey, there's no one there. Mm. <laughs> At least to Paul. Yeah, to Paul should have figured yeah. it out sooner. Yeah, she should have. But then they, maybe maybe that's why they locked her up. Who knows? But yeah. also, it like, what? I, you found something you shouldn't have. It's like you left her alone in the fucking hologram room. What were you expecting was going to happen? <laughs> Jesus Christ, people. Yeah, the tone of this episode, I don't know what I think of it yet. It's all it over start, the place. It starts off wanting to be a horror episode, and it's creepy, and Mayweather is reminded, like, oh, I've told, I, I'm telling ghost stories, and all this thing, and it's, you know, something's moving in the dark. And then it's just a fun, oh, it's a survival story. These people survived. And then it's back to a horror episode briefly. And then it's this other thing. And then it's like this ethical debate of do we allow Liana to live a life or do we make her stay with her dad? It's a lot of things this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so many. And yet not enough plot for the whole episode either. True. Yeah. So when that happens. But so much of Trip making eyes at this girl. I was like, please, can anything else be happening? Nope. Just this. This is the only yeah. thing we have. And like the thing, you know, you you bring up shadow play, which you know, obviously, it. it I don't have a problem with recycling plots. I was literally Lord, just begging for another Starship Mine. <laughs> yeah, and like Lord knows, Star Trek has a long history of recycled plots, like but Shakespeare. This, this just to me felt very lazy because you know, Shadow Play is a pretty decent episode. Oh yeah, we like um, that one. And like to even, like I like just having the ship of holograms like they couldn't have thought of something new to do with it other than like the guy protecting his daughter angle which is yeah which we've also seen before yeah yeah i mean and that's basically the plot of shadow play although it was turned out the daughter well it was like the granddaughter and she was also a hologram but yeah or requiem from methuselah with a fucking flint there and his flint and his robo Robo girl. girl yeah i mean like it's i i starting to feel like enterprise is doing a lot of paint by numbers oh god yeah <laughs> and it's just like there's no original ideas in the show and it's just doing it's like they were doing star trek out of obligation oh wow um, not because they had anything that they needed to say or wanted to say and and i think that's the the for me anyway so far i think that's the biggest disappointment and, and the biggest letdown of, of enterprise is that not that it's not that it's poorly written because it, it is, but it's not. It gets fine. It's written as well as as other Star Treks in terms of dialogue and things. And but it's just that it's it doesn't have any. It doesn't have a perspective. It doesn't have anything it needs to say. It's not doing anything new. And this episode, I think, is is a microcosm of that because again, we've 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 dug up an actor from a previous show just so you can see him. Yep. Like when like what other Star Trek like I, I was thinking about this. In the last two episodes we've had Ethan Phillips and Renee, who are both and main Combs. cast 
Well, I'm thinking of them like oh, by as one, main. One, oh, okay. like main, you know, opening titles mm. cast members of other series. And I feel like that's kind of strange. Like you bring yeah, like, it, like you when you you have like recurring guest actors like Combs, like that's yeah. one thing. But these are iconic. Like this would be like if you had Patrick Stewart show up as not Picard's ancestor, you know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, show up as like some ah, yes, the Bolian traitor is here. And yeah, like paint his head blue. Picard. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make a great Bolian. True, true. But yeah, no, it is Mott Mott the barber. Like I think, yeah, no. Normally, when a major actor shows up in another series, it's as that same character, or like at a stretch, and you know, foreshadowing for later, I guess. Jonathan Frakes showing up as transporter clone Tom Riker in DS9, but that's still Riker. Yeah. So yeah, like, and that and that was yeah, exactly that, and that was a callback to another episode too. Yeah, yeah that like, was an established character he played. You know, when it would when, be like Noonien Sung. Oh wait, oh no! <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> but again, like those are also those. That's also not established characters, but established. The established concept that the fucking Soong family line is all clones. Yeah, they're they're all Brent Spiner. That's the that was already established within TNG, so it's acceptable. Good. But yeah, even like you know when fucking Takei showed up in Voyager, it was as Sulu. It's why it's why the uh, Michael Dorn appearance in Star Trek Six is a little mm. like they had they had to make it clear that it was a Worf's ancestor. You know, because you could they they even they knew. Okay, we really like Michael Dorn. He plays a great Klingon. I'd love to put him in this movie that's going to have a lot of Klingons. But if we put him in there, everyone's gonna be like, "Why is Worf there?" Oh, we'll just make it like Worf's ancestor, some other guy also named Worf. But even then, too, it's also like a three minute cameo, not major part of the film. Yeah, and I'm not complaining. Like I like. These actors, I, you know, I like that we saw Ethan Phillips. I like that we see yeah. Renee here. Yeah, uh, I think but, another actor with the role that, that you know, um, Ezra was would have not been very compelling. It's a, you know what, who it is? It's a, it's, a, it's a great James Cromwell role as well. Yeah, he would have, yep, he'd have nailed it. But again, he's now, Zephyr like, yeah, you, you could, ha- you could, you know, James Cromwell's appeared as a bunch of different characters in Star Trek. But by this point, he's now... He is Zephram Cochran. He's appeared as Zephram Cochran in Enterprise already. So yeah, like he's kind of he's ascended into now. It would be weird, whereas yeah. previously he was one of those recurring guest actors. But but yeah, yeah, and I I, I like I like uh, I like the performance here. I like the character. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's just but it's, so it's weird. Just, it's, it seems it reeks of desperation, and it just it just shows how creatively bankrupt. Yeah, I almost want to blame the being a prequel thing. But the thing Mm. is, like, there is so much interesting story to mine in a pre-Federation world. Yeah. And, you know, I think we'll get some more later. Like, I don't know all the upcoming episodes terribly well. But right now, it's like, we want to see what people are like when there aren't these rules. And, like, in the last episode, we just let the Ferengi go. We no comeuppance, no Federation to ask, no Brig to throw him in. Just so long, you learned your lesson. Bye. And in this one, it's like, oh, we're we're just out here tooling around. Uh, we have no reason to be here. We're just exploring, and I don't think we're learning anything new. Mm-hmm. We're only learning things that we, the audience, knows from other shows. 
Yeah, I mean, what really drives that home, I hated this line so much. What you gonna do next? Make a holographic doctor? Yeah. I don't I've know seen who wrote that, but I want them to be hurt. See, the only way that would have been funny, and it would have even been more eye-rolly, is mm-hmm. if is if Ezreal was played by Bob Picardo. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no! <laughs> no! Like that... That would be awful. It was like it had big Admiral from the future energy, that line. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Except there's something charming about how stupid Admiral from the future is. I love I love Admiral from the Future. That's still my favorite line in all of Star Trek. (laughs) It's yeah, it's I want I want a I want a t shirt. I, you know, I want something. Yeah, I, I'm a little crushed in a way that it's not a bigger deal, that it just seems to be an us thing. Yeah. I think I think you got to start making some shit posts about we it. We do. And, we and, really and should. Make make it a thing. Um, can, we, can we make one of those, like, inspiration inspirational posters? Oh, my God, that's Inspirational, perfect. like, image macros that people put. That, that would be great. I think it's a very great. good idea. Could, no one can tell you what can, ha- what can happen tomorrow. Not even Admiral from the Future. Native American proverb. No. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's a picture of a dream catcher. Yes. Yes. No. It has to be. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> wow. The situation has been, control of the situation is lost. Is, uh... I have a great note here, and that's when Trip stood up Liana for lunch, and she had to go eat with Flox. Jake and I commented that Flox definitely ate her lunch. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. That's why she had to be in a room alone to actually get some fucking vanilla ice cream into her. Hmm. Fucking Flox. Yeah, Flox was just happy to have someone to dine with that wasn't annoyed. That that was nice, actually. We didn't really see Phlox this week. We saw him unconscious from the back Thank at God. one point. I was so happy he was unconscious, and he was only mentioned this week. So no, he uh, showed up. He showed up to be to be oh smug about cut, the corpse. Cut, That's right. Yeah. Well, I guess you won't be needing my services. Well, actually, your job on this ship is to perform autopsies and shit. So yeah, we could use your service. Find out how long ago this guy died. Why don't you? Ugh. Never mind. I take it back. He was there. He's Dick. a fucking asshole. He's always an asshole. Fuck flocks, man. I don't get why people <laughs> like flocks. People love flocks. He's awful. I don't get it. I don't get it. People love all kinds of terrible things. That's true. That's true. I try not to. Here's, I try you know what the biggest crime is? You know what the biggest crime of Star Trek is? People love flocks and hate Neelix. What's up with that? Yeah, but a lot yeah. of people also love Neelix. I feel like Neelix gets more hate than love. He get- That's because of. Well, I was going to say it's because of how he looks, but I guess Phlox isn't exactly... Then again, at the end of the day, I think combined, Neelix gets more reactions overall than Phlox, because most people mm-hmm. just don't bother with Enterprise. That's true. That's true. I, actually, I, also, rightly, I haven't so. seen Phlox's disgusting hairy feet yet either, so... <laughs> to be, and also, to be totally fair, early season Neelix, jealous oh. Neelix, oh, he's was the worst. pretty the worst. shit. So, but he's not maybe, as bad as we... all the time Phlox. <laughs> But mm. well, we don't know yet, right? Because we're and he still never in fucking one. smiles like that. Like we don't know. Maybe Flocks will grow on us. I we think could one be, we could I... be coming back to this in a couple of months and say, you know, we were wrong about Flocks. Possibly because well, I do Caitlin, know Caitlin's ready for another character development arc of her own. So if I wind up liking Flocks, you know, 
Yeah, because I've been, like, re-listening to some of our past episodes and, you know, coming up with ideas for our character spotlights. TBD. Stay tuned. And throughout TNG and Deep Space Nine, you guys rag on Neelix constantly. And we haven't even gotten to Voyager yet. And every time Mm. I'm like, you guys hold on. There's going to be some good Voyager. There's going to be some great Neelix moments. So don't judge yet until you've watched the show. And I feel like that's also the fandom because it's also just in the zeitgeist. That you're supposed to hate Neelix oh, yeah. because we that's what defin- everyone else I'll, I'll does. I'll be the first to admit we were bandwagon hating oh, yeah. on Neelix for sure. Me too. 100%. Me too. We learned our lesson. Yeah, so I'm trying to Meanwhile, keep- he showed up in that super short trek and I like screamed and was so <laughs> happy. Yeah, so while I want to keep the open mind with Phlox as well, so far, not a fan. <laughs> yeah. That also, genocidal he, monster. I was like, yeah, why, why does he care about it being someone's final resting place? I feel like he's one of those people that just thinks, like, once you're dead, you're meat, whatever. Like a Klingon. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, this is the fucking guy who convinced Archer to let a genocide happen. Like, this guy, this is where you draw the line, opening a fucking casket? I don't know what you intend to prove, Captain. He would be a well, terrible I- vampire hunter. You know what it is? Since Archer was promised ghosts at the top of the story, <laughs> he needed to see a ghost. <laughs> Jinkies. Like, you know what? We're going back to this. We're going back to the horror part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that they started to kind of feature Mayweather in this episode in the first couple, you know, 10 minutes, first act, pretty much, I guess, is by, by the end of the first act, he's gone. But yeah. yep, again, uh, not to be heard. A from. fucking tease, right? Yep. Like at first, I'm like, oh wow, they 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 made it a they made an explicit point. Like when they're leaving the bridge to go down to the down to the planet, Archer's like, you're driving. You know, it's like, oh, they made it a point to to be including Mayweather on this thing, so he's going to play into this episode significantly. No, no, he no. should have been the one crushing on Liana. Yeah. No. Why because, not? Because this is fucking Star Trek Enterprise and only Trip can get his dick wet. That's the law. I mean, I'm not against it. Trip is a <laughs> handsome man. But <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty much No, I mean, it's not to get his dick wet, but I mean, it's the law of Star Trek Enterprise that the only interesting stuff has to center around Trip. Yeah. Maybe to Paul at some point in the future, but for now, it's the Trip the trip variety hour. No, no. If, if if someone has to get assaulted, it'll be to Paul. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And like, I I like Connor Trenier. I like the character of Trip. I just wish that they would have featured other characters more. Yeah, spread the love. Yeah, because like the la- Okay, so the previous episode acquisition Trip story. Yep. Archer and to Paul are there, but you you know you're always gonna have Archer and to Paul, right? No no way no way out of that. But you're the third the third person in that could have been anybody else. Yeah. yeah. I think Porthos has had more lines than Mayweather. You know, come to think of it, in acquisition, Almost, you know, you know it, it wasn't even Tripp's, like, engineering prowess. Like, the, even that, that didn't even come into play. So it literally, like, there was no reason it had to be Tripp at all. He didn't Please. MacGyver a weapon. But see, he had to bamboozle people. And no, he no had to one be bam- in his underwear. That too. He had to be in his undies and bamboozle people, and no one bamboozles quite like a southern boy, as we learned from uh, Tom Sawyer. Mm. But anyway, that's the other episode. This episode this episode did kind of have to be Trip 
if they were sticking with the we have to fix the fix the ship plot. Mm. But still, I, I just wish I, I I'm kind of disappointed that they teased us with some Mayweather action. They didn't even like they didn't even bother having Hoshi as a unconscious person in this one. True. Way too much flocks in that one scene. <laughs> in that one scene? <laughs> I don't know why I just love that so much. There's way too much flocks in that one scene. <laughs> we had one scene and it was a flocks and that was, too, was much. too much. <laughs> We've seen enough. <laughs> Haven't you done enough flocks? We had we had a moment of read and for a moment I was like, who the fuck is this? Oh, it's Reed. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm not even kidding. But right, right. When he was helping them figure out the ship had been there too yeah. long. I was like, what, what did he And then he got do? shot in the back, I think, at one point, right? right. Was that, tell Maybe. me that was Reed and I'm not making it up. Yes, it was Reed. He got shot during the firefight. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, who just got shot? Did, did Archie bring a random red shirt? Oh no, it's one of the main characters of the cast. It is it is chief red shirt. It's, it's stinky. <laughs> you forget stinky. <laughs> oh Christ on a button. But you know again, I didn't hate this episode. It, you know, I thought it was, it was okay. It's fine. But again, it's just it's another it's an it's just going back to my original thought about it with the it just feels very lazy. Well, I think this you episode. Know, Ames brought it up in relation to the first episode. You brought it up in relation to this. This week's title has got to be Reeks of Desperation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at the things you like. You love them. Why did love they put, us. Why did they put dry white rice on Odo's temples? <laughs> yeah, the makeup on that on those aliens was not good. I didn't. Because, yeah, I was sitting there. It's like, it just looks like they all squished rice on their head. <laughs> this is bad. I don't like so, it. I'm reading I'm reading the notes here and the the species apparently was called Canterans. Yes. Mm, yeah. We've never heard of them before, yeah. I don't think. No, I think so. Mm-mm. They could have Why? made them Katarians. Who are they again? They're uh, uh Naomi, Naomi Wildman. Wildman's people. Right, 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 right. Thank you. They're also the people from the game and they but they looked completely different in the game. They had a butt head. Yeah, they had oh. heads, goat eyes, and then, and then they had spike heads. Later. I'm such an asshole. I was about to be like, "What game?" And then I realized you meant the episode. <laughs> oh, the game. the game. You know, Uno. <laughs> that is a good game. Star Trek. Well, we you also know, we also you know, speak a good game. <laughs> yeah, you know who? You know what character did get ample screen time on Star Trek? Who I like? Who? Will Riker. Good segue, Jake. <laughs> You know who has a has the best role in Enterprise? Oh wait, we haven't gotten no. there yet. Yeah, Will Riker. But we're gonna talk about Will Riker mostly in TNG, maybe a little Deep Space Nine, maybe a little of the movies. You know, better Deep Space Trek. Fine. That is correct. Alright, so Will as- Riker isn't in Deep Space Nine, Ames. I don't know what you're talking about. Wink. Also correct. Yeah, so as we've been doing, we're doing our Spotlight series to go up on the blog. Make sure you're following the blog. It's been very exciting um, sharing all of these items over there with screen grabs and snark and all the good stuff. But today is Will Riker Day. Who's got some great Will Riker memories? Uh, I got uh. a few. Oh, did Caitlin want to go first? No, no, go ahead. Chris, no, go first. you were very excited to go first. Go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I only Chris have might one. name yours. <laughs> I only really have one that I'm really excited about, and that's when it's Captain Picard Day, 
<laughs> and he, uh, and you plays know, with the doll. Plays with the doll. I love oh. it. That is a great moment. I somehow that forgot is one about that. One of my that. favorite things. I think that's in the Pegasus, right? Make it so. I think that's right. Um, yeah, that's very cute. He also is great in uh, the Measure of a Man and supports Data. And you know, he takes his arm off. <laughs> well, but he kind of had to. He was yeah, being yeah, I mean, forced I think, to. I think like that, like. He, he feels really bad about it at the end and apologizes to Data. And then Data's like, but wait a minute, if you hadn't done that, they would the judgment would have been summarily made against me. So you saved me. That's true. Yeah, his, his discussion with Data at the end is very good. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, not only Will Riker, but, but also some good Jonathan Frakes acting in that scene. Acting. Acting. And then, of course, uh, when he was thought he was losing his mind in that one episode where he acts his entire balls off. you know. Oh, what yeah, I mean? that's a good mind. one. That one. Yeah, I like that one. That's, that's probably one. one of the best Frakes performances we see, because he gets to do it all. And he does it all so well. He does. You know, I've seen that episode half dozen times, and I, I can't remember now what the actual twist was because he, he was abducted he, and he was being drugged oh that's right and he woke up and he was in that he was in that lab thing. yeah yeah it's one of the many times Riker was abducted because there yeah. are others not schisms the other time <laughs> oh schisms is on my list because he figured out the ploy <laughs> Only when he saw the table. And also, yeah, he got to make a great table in the holodeck. (laughs) Excellent. Now, Chris, you wanted to go. Did you have some good moments? Yeah, yeah. This one kind of half counts, I think. Maybe it fully counts. The fact that the will that would become Tom Riker didn't go insane. (laughs) Like, isolated completely on that planet for however long... And he didn't just go fucking completely nonverbal loony. Well, you know what's also great is we learn in that episode that he mastered Nightbird, whilst Commander right. Riker still sucks at Nightbird. That, and he got about really good at that phaser art. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. He, he kept his sanity, which is impressive. Well, he only kept his sanity because of the hope of uh, reuniting with Imzadi. Oh, I still, love that. What, Whatever it takes, you know? Most people would have gone batfuck. I'd have gone crazy within a month. We, we all saw you during the coronavirus pandemic, Chris. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was great. That was perfect <laughs> for me. I had just enough social contact via the internet for, for my, like, he didn't even have that. He didn't have, like, oh, you know, he could have made himself a hologram. And, yeah, yeah. Then in Matter of Honor, going toe-to-toe with the Klingons. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Making them I think didn't think of that one. Kind of a cool dude. And then risking his entire career in the Outcast. Yes. Mm. Fuck you, Prime Directive. You're wrong. This yeah. person deserves to be who she wants to be. That's good. Yeah, uh, well, I'll start there then. I also uh, included the Outcast. I'm not nice. going to... Take it out just because Chris also had it, uh, <laughs> because I think that is uh, a top Riker thing, uh, doing doing the right thing for Soren. I also included beating the piss out of his piece of shit dad. <laughs> That's in, on your good list? <laughs> yeah, in okay. the Icarus Factor. Because his dad's a scummy guy. He's 
banging Dr. Pulaski, apparently. Nice. <laughs> That's his one correct choice in his entire life. She um, is a catch. Well, no, but but obviously that's that's Worf's woman. So what the fuck? <laughs> that's um, before they met. And the fact that like his dad had been cheating, uh, had been a cheater. Mm. And, mm. You know, like basically, I guess this. I'm using the beating the piss out of the father thing as sort of a more like you escaped this jackass and and managed to overcome him and become a good person in spite of him. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And then I'm also I'm gonna say. And, and another act of uh, beating up a dad, beating up beating up his other dad. Oh, I think I know this one. Ordering firing on Lacutus. Oh, that's not the one I thought you were going to say, but that is a very good one. That one is actually my number one on my list. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think it took balls. Yes, Worf. Mr. Worf, fire. Fire. It didn't work, but... Not at all. It's, it's the thought that counts, and the it's, thought yeah. was, <laughs> kill Captain Picard. And at that time... <laughs> It was a good thought. <laughs> yeah. Bring those Borg down. See, I thought what you were going to say, Jake, was standing up to his other dad, Admiral Pressman, oh. in the Pegasus. Mm. Because he was up to no good, as they usually are, these admirals of ours. So bad. I, I debated including that one on my Well, I got, I got you because that one was, that's my number two, right underneath Best of Both Worlds, because that's such a good one. Uh, and the other one I'll give you guys is a, is a cute little one. And that was the little the bond that he made with Barash in Future Imperfect. Oh, yeah. His kind of quasi son. You mean Jean Luc? Yeah, Jean Luc or Ethan, I think, or however many other identities this kid came up with for, for fun because he's so lonely. <laughs> but I thought that was very sweet. That you know, he he figures out what's going on, but he's still game to play with this kid. Man, another my friends are all pretend episode. Right, true. Uh, and I'm going to give an honorable mention to eating bugs in conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a champ. I'm a little surprised uh, none of us said banging the nurse in first contact. The episode yeah, ways, it's, it's that's hard. not a good moment. It's yeah, more say, of a that's bad hard, moment. That's, that's hard to be a good or because, you know, I'm pretty sure Prime Directive has, there's got to be something in there about banging the locals. <laughs> I think she banged him, so... Unless it's on one of your naughty Riker moments list. Well, I don't think she was going to take no for an answer, that's for sure. I think my big, bad Riker moment... Big, bad Riker. Are those fucking scrambled eggs he tried to pass <laughs> off as an omelet. <laughs> yes! That, that, that is fucking wonderful. asshole. That Thank piece you. of shit. <laughs> The thing is, like, I legitimately can't really remember a lot of, like, really bad, like, I mean, you guys know, stuff leaves my mind as soon as it happens, more or less. Like, I actually was thinking about him banging the nurse as being one of the kind of shitty things, because, you know, it's questionable. Mm, uh, I feel like he also kind of gets sucked into it on, what the fuck is that all lady planet? Oh Angel my one. god, Angel, Angel one. one. Angel One, yeah. I feel That's like, a bad like, I don't remember specifics, but I feel like he was just a smarmy, like, you know, let, let me show you ladies how it's done. Is that, that right? I don't even yeah, remember. No, you are absolutely right. Like, he yeah, should so, not have banged that woman. Yeah, he, he just, basically, like, Riker's worst moments, it's funny because I think people tend to, like, associate, like, C Captain Kirk as, like, fucking everybody, but I think Riker really does a lot more banging oh, than anyone bangs. else in this he show. Do he does the most banging. I bet yeah. you, if we did, if we did, like, a, a full 
analysis of every every time somebody in Star Trek bangs. Mm. Yeah, see, Kirk kisses a lot, but he doesn't go all the way very often at all. Riker just lays pipe throughout the galaxy. I mean, most pipe. I love that term. I mean, most of the thing about (laughs) about Kirk is like he's had a lot of conquests in his past it sounds like you know because it's been it's been five years two months (laughs) three weeks one day and some number of hours like we 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 don't he doesn't actively bang on the show but he we know that he's banged a lot because every woman that comes on the ship talks about the time that they bang remember that time we banged very specifically this many minutes ago it doesn't come up much but it also feels like young picard maybe spent a lot of time fucking oh yeah we made a lot of picard's exes too oh that jag woman oh that was a hot scene for measure of a man good (laughs) do you have any more caitlin or am i picking up i think i think i just said three so i'm done yeah naughty naughty Riker. well you kind of stole what i'd hope would be my joke not yeah. knowing what a fucking omelet is. <laughs> That's not an omelet, Will. That's scrambled eggs. And they're bad, also. Like, your your omelet is bad, and you should feel bad. Worf loved it. Well, yeah, he's clinging, though. Right. Also, you know what? You gotta fucking really, yeah. oil or put butter or something in the pan. They were sticking so bad to that pan. And you know what? Actually, no. Here's what it is. My, uh, you know what? I'm actually gonna strike that. I'm I'm doing Picard. Motherfucker, learn to cook. He burns pizza in Picard. We said we weren't doing Picard. Oh, I thought we said we we wanted. Chris is calling an audible. I'm gonna... Riker needs to learn to cook. Choose whichever fucking screenshot you want. (laughs) Ah. Uh. Tangentially related to someone else's top moment. Bottom moment. Participating in the Pegasus cover-up in the first place. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like, like a yeah. little brown noser. You stood up to dad twenty years later. When you, you know, when like, he you was know, there, like when you have a good you have a good comeback, like a yeah. minute after you say something and the moment's gone. Yeah, that's like this, except twenty years have gone by, and also you violated a massive treaty. Yeah, yeah and also got a lot of your crewmates killed. Yeah. Oh, uh, and the first thing that sprung to mind when I thought, when has Will Riker pissed me off? The way he treated Roe. Yup. Oh, yeah. Mm. Take off that earring. Worf, put on more sashes. But no. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Worf, put this earring on your sash. <laughs> Troy, well, wear I'm less gonna, uniform. I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to let... You're going to have to believe me when I tell you that my first two bad R- Will Riker moments are treating Ro Laren like shit all the time. <laughs> and, and treating and, eggs badly. And the Pegasus cover-up. Oh. So, the, so I think I think we're we're aligned on those. Because, yeah, like, again, yeah, treating Ro like shit, just, yeah, not cool. To be fair, Picard also kind of treated Ro like shit at first. But he was way more in her face yeah. about it. Yeah, he was just he was just a dick bag. And then, yeah, on the Pegasus thing, yeah, you can kind of excuse, you know, because he the excuse he uses is, you know, I was a young officer and I felt like I was doing the right thing by my captain and that the other crew were were, you know, mutinous, you know, criminals. And then it took him uh, what, 10 years or 7 or 8 years, however many years it took. For him to finally realize, oh, right, 
I yeah. guess I was wrong. And it was only literally when Pressman was there in your face holding his phase machine in front of you and saying, look what we've got now. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Maybe in the moment you're like, they're mutiny, not us. But the minute there's an inquiry and Pressman goes, okay, here's our story. Mm-hmm. That's when you go, oh, wait a minute. Was that mutiny justified? Mm. Yeah, it's definitely up in our our Tumblr post when we were talking about mutinies one day. Uh, I'll probably link it somewhere in the article. Find it. Scavenger hunt. Uh, But, you know, the mutinies can definitely be split into was it a good idea or was it a bad idea to mutiny? And a lot of times you mutiny because your captain is unjust. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, Captain Bly, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, my final item uh, on the bad on the bad will is being openly insubordinate towards Captain Jellico. I had that one too. Just, I'm glad you, know, you did. Yeah, no, it's fair. Captain Jellico. Like I know people, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He had oh, he rubbed me the right things, way. <laughs> but um, the way you know. And Jellico even lays into him at one point and tells him, I don't think you're a particularly good first officer. Mm, take that. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I feel like, yeah. Like, I feel like we even said at the time, like, I am someone who thinks Jellico's an idiot, but I also think Will reacted completely the wrong way to him. Yeah. Like, this is your captain. He gives you an order. You do the order. You You don't whine and whine and whine and whine. What the fuck, Will? You're being a dick. Yeah, and if you genuinely think the man's unfit for command, there are channels and procedures. Yeah, you know what I kind of think it is? Is I think Jellico was there to challenge Riker's capabilities. Picard, I don't think, ever challenges Riker's capabilities because Picard knew from day one what kind of man Riker was. And that was because, you know, he he requested him specifically because I think the, the story from Encounter at Farpoint was he knew Riker wouldn't let his captain go on a, on a way, a dangerous away mission or something. Yeah. And Picard yeah. saw that and said, this guy knows how it goes. I want him on my crew. I've already known exactly what kind of man he is. Jellico strides in, doesn't know any of this. He's just here to deal with Cardassians. So he's, he's here to challenge Riker and Riker failed, failed the challenge. <laughs> Was that your three, Jake? Did we got three from you. Yep. We did. Wow, I have a lot of overlap with you guys. All three of my tops have been set already, so I'm going to go down into the dregs of my list and see what else I came up with. Wait, wait, wait. Was Omelets on there? Omelets was number eight. <laughs> nice. Uh, but my top three were Ensign Row, Angel One, and, Ch- and b- being a bitch to, to Jellico. Uh, let's see what else is on this list, because I tried to put them in an order just in case they got eaten up. Oh, here's a good one. Getting all jealous of Wyatt when he learned Troy was engaged to him in in Haven. Oh, God, because they weren't even dating at that point, they right? They weren't even dating. Ugh, he was just like, oh, I don't like this guy. Why can't I have you? Because you're not dating. Because you didn't ask, Riker. You, you put a fucking ring on it, dickbag. If you liked it, you should have put a ring on it, bitch. Though, also, to be fair to him, I will call myself out. I'm pretty sure I also shat on Wyatt, so... And I had no... I believe, I believe Wyatt Derp was the term. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I forgot about we, Wyatt We all did Derp. not like Wyatt. So we're all uh, guilty us. of that. I'm also going to say uh, just going in and murdering all the clones in Up the Long Ladder. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. That's kind of yeah. fucked up, Riker. That's, that's a. That's also a. Uh, that's um, just a bad episode. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible uh, episode. <laughs> was it um, Pulaski that put him up to it? She, uh, was, she there, was there. She was there too, but he did. Remember. He's the one that did all the shooting. She, yeah, but you know she was whispering in his ear. Kill them, <laughs> kill them all. No clones. <laughs> That one looks like me. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird and gross. I mean, the whole uh, the whole situation was weird and gross, but that is not how you handle it, Riker. And the last one's going to be a little bit similar to his how he treated Wyatt is how he yells at Deanna when he when everyone learns that she got knocked up in the child. Who's the father? And it's like Riker. Ooh, I forgot about that. That's not good. Gross. I didn't like that. No. Getting all jealous over Deanna when Deanna is not his to own. Yeah, no, no, it's fucked up. Anytime uh, Star Trek thinks that writing a character as being like a jealous asshole boyfriend is a good idea, they should reevaluate and not do that. But yeah. that's how they show they love. Yeah, especially one of their hero characters, you know, like. Yeah. Ugh. If you want to make the villain into a jealous piece of shit, then. Yeah, yeah, right, do it. True. All right, and my favorite joke one on my list is shaving the beard in insurrection. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Damn it, Riker. We love the beard. Bad in is, is not having a beard in the first season on your list as well, and I just missed it because Growing the beard should have been on the good list. That's true. Shit. He does actually he says he does still look alright without it. Some people who have facial hair all the time and they take it off, you're like, oh, God, put it back. He's like, oh no, he's still yeah. Oh well, well, well. I'm taking us out. Oh well, well. Take well. us out. This has been a Star to Steer Her by episode 326. Wow. Thank you very much wow. for joining us. As always, follow us on your preferred sa- soundcasting podcasting yep. application. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, Tumblr, most importantly, I think at this point. <laughs> That's where <laughs> most of our stuff is. Next week, we are looking at Detained and Vox Solo, everyone's favorite forgotten smuggler cousin. And next week, we will be continuing our character retrospective with Commander Data. Oh, it's going to be a good week. Yes, yes. That's, oh man, how are we even going to pick? So yes, join us then. Until then, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. And for the first time since Deep Space Nine... Rule of acquisition number six, never let family stand in the way of profit. Yay! Oh, I'm glad we got one of those at least. Are you sending us pictures of omelets, Caitlin? Yes, that's an omelet I made. Ooh! I sent it because we were talking about his fucked up eggs. And oh, I was sorry, like, I, didn't, I didn't click over in time. No, that's okay. I didn't. I wasn't going to interrupt to like bring attention to it. I just figured, <laughs> you know, y'all would see it in your own time. But yeah, I made that omelet tonight. It was my first successful omelet. Well Looks done. Good. What's in Thank it? Thank you. Goat cheese. Oh, Ooh, I like goat cheese. There you go. Well, I was gonna put in v- uh, veggie sausage too, but it. So the first time I tried to make an omelet the other day and it failed. It became scrambled eggs. So I am sympathetic to Riker's problem. But what happened was I didn't make sure that the skillet was heated up appropriately. Mm. So, because it really needs to firm up, like, the second it hits. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And you just kind of slosh it around to finish it off, and I didn't I didn't get that. So today, 
it firmed up faster than I expected. So I didn't have time to put the sausage into it. So it was just goat cheese, really chunky goat cheese. And me being like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, it's honestly the eggs. It's honestly best with sausage. Just preheat it and have it ready to go. Oh, the sausage was preheated and ready to go, but I just I hadn't cut it. The only thing is I had not cut Ah, it. Okay. And I didn't want to just slap it in because they're like fucking they're like third size hockey pucks. The (laughs) veggie sausages. So sure. Yum. Well, anyway. I'm still going to give Riker shit for it because that wasn't his first omelet. So he should have known it wasn't an omelet. It was my. Yeah. It, by, by omelet, too, you should have it figured out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At yeah, the very at least, least. At least call it scrambled eggs. At the or very at least. At least, like, don't tell your friends, like, oh, yeah, I make great omelets no, and then serve them a pile of shit. Like, exactly. Oh. Say, don't, don't brag about it if you can't make them well. <laughs> 